Welcome back to another Sporting 160 EN podcast number 17. And today I have with me Denny. Hey, Denny, how you doing? I'm good, bro. Glad to be back for another podcast after uh, the derby yesterday. Um, can't wait to kick this off. Great, great, great. Uh, Nandinho, how you doing, Nandinho? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me once again, guys. It's great, like always, and I'm more than excited to talk about that derby match. So let's get it started. Okay, Nando, you know now you're part of the team. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I keep, I keep, you know what it is, man? It's I keep forgetting that uh, that I'm part of it, so it's a habit, man. But I love you guys anyways. I got you, brother. And uh, last but not least, our friend from the UK, which is now... Uh, in the UK, 1.15 in the morning. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good, I'm good. Um, still quite alert, so I'm ready to spit some truth bombs on, on the game and whatnot. And yeah, thanks for having me once again. Okay, again, you too, you're part of the team now. So uh, you're not, uh, we're not inviting you anymore, you're part of the team. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's get it going on and uh, let's talk about the game, the derby from yesterday, which was a great one. Uh, Bifica one, Sporting one, and the lineup was the following: we had Salah uh, at goalkeeper, uh, right the right back was Stefan Ritovski, then the center backs we had uh, El Patron Coates, Andre Pinto uh, was a substitution for uh, Mathieu. He was hurt on Friday, uh, muscular um, injury. Uh, left back we had Jefferson. Uh, midfield, we had uh, as the number eight, Brun Fernandes. Then we had uh, Batagles, number six, Acuna. Uh, he played midfield, a different position for him, but he, in my opinion, he played quite well. Uh, we had Rafinha, uh, Freddy Montero up front, and Nani. And I will uh, call out the uh, lineup also for Befica, since it's a derby. We had uh, as goalkeeper, Vla- Vlaco Dimos. Uh, then we had Alexandro Grimaldo, Jardel, Ruben Diaz, André Almeida, Pizzi, Feja, uh, Jetson Fernandes, uh, Servi, Fecundo Ferreira, and Rafa. So, without any, day, any further delays, Danny, I'll let you go first. What did you think of the game yesterday? Yeah, uh, I thought the game, it was a hard-fought match for both sides, I think. Um... Where, where maybe uh, Benfica could have, you know, more people would say Benfica dominated the game. I think tactically we were even. I think we we set up to sort of have a Jose Mourinho type game, absorb as much pressure as we can, and then hit them on the counter attacks. And and early on it was it was it was working very well. Um, my only maybe complaints, and I think it was Pizzo's as well, and even the players probably felt it was. We weren't um, efficient enough. We didn't um, trouble the goalkeeper enough when going forward. But we were going forward, and we were going forward with intent. Um, one thing that I loved about this Spartan compared to the Spartans of years past, especially under JJ, um, was that uh, our attack, at least this uh, in this game, uh, it seemed purposeful. Uh, we weren't holding ball just to you know keep more possession, so we can say that after the game. You know, it was a hard 1-1 draw and we had more possession and blah, blah, blah. No, we attacked. We went with purpose. Uh, every time we attacked, we looked threatening. Every time we attacked, especially in the first half, I felt we could have scored the goal. Um, we, were, we were very gritty and we showed that right from the off as well. I, 
I loved the, um, the, the, the little foul right on the second or third minute against uh, Feja to, to show Benfica, like, hey, we're here. We're not, we're not here to fuck around or, or anything like that. Um, and then the second half came, more of the same. We attacked well. Ruben Diaz gave us a penalty. He, he basically handed it to us. Uh, clear penalty, in my opinion. He comes in from the back, doesn't get the ball. Um, uh, there's not. I, I think there's nothing else to say. I, I was at Casa de Sporting here in Toronto. Uh, there were some Befica fans there, and and not for nothing, they were also agreeing with us that you know easily a penalty. Um, I think the ref, for the most part, had had a decent game. I think um, he he had bad calls for both sides. Um, I, I can make the argument that more so towards Sporting, especially after the one nothing, but. Um, whatever, I won't go there. I think he had a decent game. Um, but then after the one nothing is when we really, in my opinion, fell short. Um, Pizzeiro, he didn't necessarily learn from years past. And I, I don't understand his mentality, especially from a coach that um, is more than likely not going to be here uh, next year um, unless he wins the league. Uh, I don't understand why he doesn't necessarily go for it. I, don't under- I understand the Petrovic for Bruno Fernandes. Uh, substitution as it, it's true. Bruno Fernandes was really uh, going missing in the game. Um, but what I don't understand after is is the time it took to make a third, a second and third substitution um, when it was clear that we were lacking on the counterattacks that were so um, good for us uh, throughout the entire game. Uh, it was clear that Nani, though had a great game, um, was getting tired. He's not the Nani of, of old. He's not the Nani that was first year at Sporting or even the second time at Sporting. He's a 31-year-old Nani. He needs more protection, especially as our captain. Um, I think that Jovan or Matos Pereira on the bench would have would have helped us tremendously to link up play. Um, a, a, my only criticism towards this game was that I, I think Pizzeiro lacked the courage to, to really go out and try to kill the game. Um yeah, it's just that it, they they cut us open after um, nothing we can say to, about um, João Felix's header. It was it was a wall cross. Um, the kid is a stud. I hope eventually, eventually sooner, uh, very soon, Benfica just sells him to one of George Mendes's uh, teams for fifteen twenty million because the faster he's gone from Benfica, the better. Um, I do like the kid a lot. It's it's a shame to say that he's from Benfica though, but. Um, but yeah, and, and then of course we have to talk about Salam, who was, who who I'm so happy he proved me wrong. Um, before the game, I was calling on Renan that to get a starting spot because um, Salam seemed a little uh, weak last game against Stubal when coming out for the ball. Let's not forget Stubal's only goal came from a mistake from him. But uh, Salam showed his class and he showed he showed his experience. He he fit into this derby as if. He's been playing at this top level for years. Um, he was flying. He made a crucial six to seven saves where, okay, it might have been an arm length away, but he still had to go and, get, and grab it. He showed muita raça, muita gara for, for, um, f- from him yesterday. So I'm very pleased with Salah. Um, and yeah, he was my man of the match. And um, uh, I think if if we look at the game as a whole, I think 1-1 is a just result. Uh, but I really feel that Pizzeiro really dropped the ball on us, really let us down w- with the substitutions. Once we won one nothing, 
it was we we looked like a different team and and it was upsetting to see us drop so deep and be so afraid after taking the game and 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 really going in with the game plan sticking with it it's just the same it's just a shame we didn't stick with it after the one nothing and and yeah that's 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 my thoughts on on, on yesterday's game well i i agree with uh, most of uh, everything you said and we'll talk about the uh substitutions because that was a hot topic I believe he was too late in uh, with the substitution as well. So, uh, Nando, you next. Uh, give me your thoughts. Hey, man. Um, like you just said, I agree with a lot of what was just said. Um, there's no point in me repeating a lot of it. I'm going to kind of focus a little bit on a couple key points of that game and, and where I think we went wrong. Um, first, I think that we played by far um, our best game of the year. Um, even with that being said, even though the first half was obviously our best half period of the season, um, that first half was fantastic. If that first half can be duplicated going forward, I think we're going to end up the season pleasantly surprised. Now, with that being said, um, the second half was night and day for me. The second half, even up to the point of the goal, um, that was a penalty that was gifted to us. When I say gifted, I don't mean a bad call. Um, there was no reason why Befica's um, uh, player should have even tried to go for that. I mean, in my opinion, he they could have gone away with 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 just a strong shoulder to shoulder, and then I don't even think we would have scored that. But good thing for us, he did what he did. We scored the goal. But up to that point, starting the second half, Sparty really wasn't doing much. I think we had like one or two solid counters after Befica scored we fell asleep and I'll, I'll touch bases on the subs here in a little bit as well. I think we all have a lot to say about that. First half, we played really well. We had a couple decent opportunities. Um, overall, I don't think that our opportunities were as flagrant or like as obvious as Benfica's opportunities. I really don't think Benfica's goalie had many actual hands-on saves that, that kept the ball from going in. I think a lot of our opportunities were like, Oh, if he got there a little sooner or, Oh, if that ball was a little bit more on target, like that Acuna breakaway, um, then I think that that could have put some more danger uh, at their goal. Um, but I think that the vast majority of our offensive opportunities in the first half came from two things. I think it came from a very inspired Nani. I think that he played his best game of the year by far, especially um, the first half. Again, like was just said, you know, he gets tired. He's not what he used to be, but he did have his best game, in my opinion, of the year. I think the fact that Rafinha started, I think that was a pleasant su uh, surprise. I think that was a player that Benfica wasn't expecting to come on right from the get-go. A lot of trouble for Benfica, both midfield-wise and defensively, because a guy that fast, you have to respect it because he's going to help defensively and he's also going to attack. Um, with that being said, we, we pretty much played off of the high pressure counter. Um, that's kind of the strategy most big teams do when they go to the other opponent's stadium. I wasn't expecting much different than that. However, the second half really, really, really aggravated me. We get the goal. We had everything to continue to press everything to continue to play that counter attack and everything to get away there with three points. Uh, my opinion, Pizzetto completely blew it. I think Pizzetto uh, clenched up. I think he got nervous. He got stressed. And he went into that whole like, well, a tie is better than a loss, obviously. And we're winning. Worst case scenario, they score. We leave here with a tie. I hate that mentality. 
No, this is a 21st century soccer. Most coaches do that crap, and I don't understand it. Sporting had guys on the bench, well, more than capable of being able to come in, you know, and keep the pressure going. When you bring in a Petrovic, you're basically telling the other team, listen, do what you got to do, attack us. We're just going to keep trying to clear the ball. That guy's not going to move. That guy is, is, is literally a cone. We've, we've talked about it. He's slow. His job is just to clear the ball and, you know, create havoc in the midfield and keep it moving. Yeah, I think we could have left there with three points. I think it would have been one of those games where Benfica would have said, hey, man, look, we destroyed you. Your goalkeeper was on point. I don't think they would, as a whole, they destroyed us. No, first half could have gone either way. Second half, they did. Man of the match, like was said, Salam. Salam was incredible. He kept us in the game when it was 0-0, and he kept it 1-0 um, in our favor the most he could. And um, there's not much you can say about that. You want your goalie to do that. But those subs and that mentality, the defensive mentality, second half, especially after um, Benfica gets the 1-1, or I should say not after we get the 1-1, but after we get the 1-0, we fell back, we fell asleep, and we invited them to tie the game. Overall, though, the tie's a tie. Obviously, I'll take that over a, uh, over a loss. It was at their stadium. But hopefully something to build going forward with that first half. That's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, now we have uh, Patrick, last but not least, all the way from the UK. Tell me, buddy, how did you guys see it from all the way from uh, the United Kingdom? Yeah, um, personally, uh, I'm quite pleased with the result, with the, with the point. I think Pizzado, um read the situation quite well coming into the game um, because, you know, there's no hiding the fact that uh, Benfica's preparation and, and in terms of uh, a method to their game, you know, they've got that all set out and Sporting, um, Sporting have had a turbulent pre-season and Pizzado's still finding still finding his his feet with this squad. So it made sense for Sporting to be um, to come into this game quite tight and expect a reaction as well from Benfica who had just drawn to Park in the in the Champions League qualifier. Um, so, um, yeah, I think Bezoda got it spot on and it proved. I think that the first half was very good from Sporting. Um, uh, Acuna's introduction into midfield was very good because it provided an extra runner on the counter-attack um, and also someone who's very tenacious in the middle of the park alongside Bataglia and Benfica didn't like that at all they didn't like how um, in their face we got and um, much of Benfica's um, moments in that half um, in, within open play was them complaining about um, the referee and whatnot which I think the referee was personally quite decent um, but yeah, we, I think our plan um, was working quite well. And the only thing that was missing um, from that first half in, in my eyes was sporting, um, materialising um, one of those counters that they managed to get and, and taking a goal from that half as well. Um, second half was obviously a lot slower. Um, obviously, you have to give credit as well to Salah who kept us um, in it. Sometimes when, when you when you are as conservative as, as we were. You need your keeper to do their job and I think Salan did did his quite well. Um, made two or three top saves and others that y you're, you're going to expect your goalkeeper to make as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was just it was just a, an option that Sporting took. I know a lot of people are saying they could dominate that game. But I think Sporting just decided, right, we're going to decide to control the game in our way and watch the game be played out in front of us 
sit tight and, and pick our chances. Um, that's more or less how we got our goal uh, via the penalty, um, attacking the spaces. Um, and, you know, from, from the point where we go 1-0 up, obviously we'll talk about the subs, I'm sure, as, as we as we go on. Um, but Bazzola was stuck between two, one, two, two decisions, essentially. He could have either replenished the squad and done like for likes and perhaps even stolen a second or done the natural thing, which I think was to bring on a defensive midfielder. Unfortunately for him, you know, he doesn't have that many options in that, in that position. It had to be Petrovic and, um, you know, being the player that he is perhaps, um, is it's more or less confirmed that he is below par for a team like Sportings. Um, it essentially invited pressure onto us and Benfica got their equaliser. But, you know, all in all, a point is decent and um, we, we came into this game as complete underdogs in the eyes of many. So um, we'll take that. We'll, we'll join it next to um, our other six points. Seven points is a is an OK start for a team that was, um, you know, riddled with problems. So, um, yeah, it's... It's not it's not too bad at all in my eyes. Okay, great. So um, uh, we're gonna talk about some key moments of the game. Um, so, um, Danny, who was your MVP of the game? I think uh, unanimously, we'll all agree. I think Salerno definitely gets uh, man of the match MVP. Um, made some crucial saves, uh, like Patrick said, but also. Uh, made some saves that he had to make. Um, I think without him, the 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 one one maybe wouldn't have stayed intact. Um, but also a special um, a, 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 um, a special mention to uh, Nani, who I think had a really good game. Akuna as well had a had a had a really good game in a in a position where he's not used to, um, or at least not accustomed to playing to. And then of course Kawachu, I think. Um, was our leader in the back line. Um, almost every Benfica attack, he was he was there, thereabouts, getting winning tackles, getting the ball, um, doing what Coates loves doing uh, nowadays, it seems, and um, at least once again, getting the ball from defense and trying to bring it out from the back himself, um, which is, is always... Uh, <laughs> it's always nice seeing that from a center back that, that wants to push the team forward. Um, but yeah, sorry, MVP goes to Salam, but definitely special mentions to Kwach, Nani, and uh, Acuna to me. Okay, great. So just to give you a, a really quick recap, uh, Salam had a great save at the 6th minute, 18th minute, 20th minute, 21st minute, 52nd minute, 70th minute, 71st minute, and 90 plus 6 minute. So you had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 great saves. So um, you all watch the game, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we don't have to go in, d- in detail to that, but that's why, for me, he's also the MVP. Uh, Nando, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot uh, okay. because I know you are, uh, you're an expert in this field. Uh, which one was the worst player of the game? <laughs> the worst <laughs> player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told you. Tough man. Okay, so for me, <laughs> I know, man, I know. It's tough as hell. I don't yeah. want to make it um, easy. You know, I, I... <laughs> the bad 
I think that a player that I wish would have done a better job would have been Jefferson. Um, I think Jefferson continues to kind of tread water, in my opinion, in that position. I think that he kind of knows that sooner or later his, his position is probably going to be, you know, he's going to be replaced there. Um, he, he, he seemed like a weak link at my point in terms of, of not being able to continue with Nani up that left side. Um, I think a lot of times we saw Cunha falling back and doing what we have seen him do, which is quite impressive given that he's not a native left back. But Jefferson, in my opinion, um, if he was a much more, I should say, courageous player like uh, Rivstowski was, um, or had either one or the other, either chosen to defend a little more or attack a little more. I think in the second half, he kind of ended in that no man's land. He was kind of caught in that midfield area, not quite knowing whether or not to continue the attack or push for a counter or either just fall back and play defensively. Um, in my opinion, I think that he could have done better um, or maybe he just kind of capped out there. That's as good as it gets for him now going forward. But uh, the, the whole team in general, I think, played – Okay. Um, there was, we talked about players that, that played great. I think as a whole, we played okay. I think that he was probably the weakest link, though. Okay, got you. Thank, thanks for your input. So, Patrick, uh, this one will not be any easier. Uh, which one was the play do, that you were expecting more from him uh, except for Jefferson? Uh, Jefferson, we all agreed that he could have done better. Uh, other, the other 10 players... Which one were you expecting more from him? Well, it has to be um, Bruno Fernandes for me. I think he was... No, exactly. Thank he you. Was, I was, was thinking the same thing. He, he's obviously the, a key player for sporting and, and in that in those situations with sporting where um, you know, trying to break and, and look for a reference, I think Bruno Fernandes would have been the perfect uh, guy to... to 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 influence the game a bit more. But obviously, uh, there was the post... I think this morning or late last night, showing his um, his ankle that was swollen, and I just wonder. Obviously, the Sporting were very Sporting were very intense. Yes, um, yesterday, um, in the way that they played, they really got stuck in. I just wonder whether with that injury, he perhaps thought nah, and, and didn't really fancy it. Because usually, Bruno Fernandes is a player who who himself is quite intense, and he gets stuck into to what he does. Um, we would have benefited. Um, with his presence presence alongside Bataglia and Acuna in the midfield, he was a lot closer to Montero, but he didn't see much of the ball. He didn't really look for the ball as much as he, he as as much as you'd expect, anyway. Um, so, without a doubt, to me, I think he was the biggest disappointment. Obviously, I give him a bit of leeway because he has picked up a knock. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that was, that was the player that was missing for us. But, but just before we move on, just real quick, just to jump on that, um, I I was going to say Bruno reason why I didn't is because I think that early in the game, I think it was pretty clear that Befica did what they needed to do to kind of neutralize him, to kind of take him out of his rhythm. I think there was a couple of times in that game that they jumped on him, kind of fouled him hard. He's, you know, he seems like he's not very strong mentally. I think we'd all agree with that. And he had several moments in that game that he was already getting pissed off at fouls he felt should have been a yellow or fouls that weren't called. And I think that Befica kind of did a good job of, of, of removing him from the game. Um, knowing how important he is, and he's probably arguably our best player. Um, but but he obviously wasn't up to par. Um, I totally agree. We we all realized that we play on a four three three. So Bruno Fernandes was playing a different position as well. 
Correct. He wasn't yeah. kind of he wasn't set up for for success. Yeah. He, he the, our he our style was very counter, which which it did well for counter, but it didn't do good for his style of play. Got it. So he was playing as a number eight, not as, not as a number nine. So that's significant of a change, and I think that's why he didn't play as well. Uh, okay, so let's move on. So, Danny, again, uh, another tough question. Uh, Luis Godinho, the referee of the match, how was his performance? Um, uh, he was decent. Listen, I don't want to say he had a good refereeing. I don't want to say he was bad either. Um, I think there was few calls, even on Defica's side, that they could have gotten. Um, but I, I, I feel a bit hard done by by the ref, especially towards the end of the game. Um, especially when, when Befica were chasing the one nothing, anytime we would go for the counterattack, um, we would get, we would get fouled. There was one, I can't remember on who it was. I just remember, uh, uh it was Ruben Diaz literally tossing. I think it was not me, but it could be Rafinha. I could be wrong, but he, I remember toss, he tossed them to the floor. Hands were out and everything. Uh, ref didn't give it. Befica goes on the other end for a counterattack. I feel uh, uh, when the, the the referee knew how to handle the situation a bit, seeing that it's a derby, he he let the game be physical. He didn't show too many yellows, but at the same time, I feel like m- maybe he he let the physicality go on too long or too much, or or he went too far with it. Um, I think Ristovsky's yellow, though. Um, I know he made a guy bleed. I know he jumps with his arms out. But if you can show me anybody that jumps with their arms to their sides, I'll uh, any athlete that is that jumps with their arms to their sides, trying to win a header, I'll give you a hundred bucks, no problem. Um, it, it doesn't happen. I think Ristovsky only gets the yellow because Servi got cut somehow. Um, I, I think the ref, and and it's a problem with Portuguese refs, but at least this one, he he had a decent game, like I said. Uh, the Portuguese refs, I think, are too afraid to um, to um, to make certain calls or to not make certain calls because of the because of the situation of the game. I feel like if 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 it wasn't one nothing, if it was zero zero, we would get a few more calls towards the end of the game. I feel like if Befica was winning, we might have gotten a few more the, the the calls that we deserved towards the end of the game. I feel like pref- the Portuguese referees take the situation into account way too much rather than just the game itself, rather than just looking at the play itself. Um, but if, if for that being said, like I said, he had a decent game. If I had to give him a rating, probably like a six out of 10, seven out of 10 for me. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, now, Nanda, we'll uh, let's, let's jump into uh, the substitutions with uh, uh, a lot of sporting geeses. Uh, uh, they, they say it was kind of late when he uh, made the first substitution, which uh, was at the 79th minute. Uh, he, um, he basically took out Bruno Fernandes, and in his place, uh, Petrovic came in. Would you do it differently? And if you did, uh, at what time of the game would you, would you do your first substitution, and with whom? Um, awesome. So, so, yeah, that, that really pissed me off, man. Um, g- give me a quick recap on that bench, because I know we had uh, Lucas Steinhuis, we had um, Petrovic, obviously, um, and I'm drawing a blank on a few of the other guys. But we I, had, as, as like, go ahead. You, you yeah, had, we had Ribeiro. Sorry, mm-hmm. we had Ribeiro, we had Bruno Gaspar. Sorry, Renan yeah, yeah. Ribeiro, the, the goalie. Bruno yeah. Gaspar, Petrovic, Wendell, Mateus Pereira, 
Lucas Daños and um, Giovanni. Giovanni. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I appreciate you guys. I was drawing a blank. So obviously right off the bat, I think that that substitution Bruno for Petrovic, I think was just poorly done um, in general. I think that a player Bruno's mental stability right now, I think that it would have almost been a vote of confidence to him that maybe it would have been exploited better if he had stayed on just a little longer, um, shown him because players feed off of that. I think that if you're going to take somebody out at that point, I think you take out an Acuna instead of a Bruno Fernandes at that, that first sub and you, and you bring in a guy like Wendell. I think Wendell, we saw him warming up on the, on the sidelines. We've been calling for him pretty much all season. We want to see what this guy can do. I think bringing in a guy like that shows competence in the fact that he's going to be able to defend because we know that he can come back. He's not as strong or as defensive-minded as Petrovic, but it also lets Benfica know hey, you guys can't just play forward pushing without any kind of consequence because a guy like Wendell is going to move the ball up the field with a lot more ability, a lot more tactic, obviously, than a guy like Petrovic is going to do. I think that if you're going to go defensive, you wait until it's – if it's still 1-0, obviously, you're not going to push and, and push forward at the 89th minute, 88th, and bring in just you know attacking guys at that point. But at that time of the game – I think that we kind of mess with Benfica a little bit. I think we showed them, look, we're winning. We're not worried. We're scared if you guys push it forward. You're going to have to respect our ability. And I think that Petrovic sub was awful right there. Um, obviously, the last sub of the game, I think, was what? Lucas Sainz. Mm -hmm. um, really towards the end, I think that's just a wash. It's just to kill time. And none of us expect him to be any kind of real solution, at least I don't think, um, bench-wise. I think the fact that we finally brought in uh, – we had a Mateus Pereira, you know, we have Giovanni Cabral, we have those guys there. I, I, I think Bruno Gaspar was second that came in, right? Yes. And he came in at the... Minute 90. 90th also. See, like another, another, you know, just to kill some time right there. I think that bringing him in earlier for a Rafinha, um, you know, would have would have kept again Befica. Because if you, if you guys were watching, they were killing those crosses into the box. You know, hoping for the typical foul, the typical free kick, the typical handball. Um, so bringing in a guy like that would have allowed them to, to, to slow down a little bit. It would have forced them to slow down. I shouldn't say allow them, force them to slow down because they have to respect that. You know, that's a guy with some speed as well. We all kind of seen his highlights, know what he can do, or, you know, at least have our expectations of what he can do. Um, but I think those substitutions were just so poorly done. I think it literally... It, it, it looked at it, it basically said Rivitoria, listen, we got the one zero. Let's just see how long we can hold on and let's see what you can do. And that really pissed me off. You can't go the rest of that game, 30 minutes or, or a little less than 30 minutes and, and just hope for the best and expect the worst. And I think that mentality was let's hope for the best. We're going to expect the worst. Worst case scenario, we lose. But if we can just manage a one, one draw, uh, we'll be heroes going back to Alvalade. That, that, that to me, Maybe you guys have a different opinion on it. I'd love to hear it, but that to me really threw me off. And um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes could have stayed another 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, bring him out at the 80th. At that point, maybe Sporting has a 2-0 win. Then go ahead and bring in the guys that are going to just, you know, foul the guys at midfield, partir um, o jogo, and just, and just, you know, scrape out those last 10 minutes. And that's just kind of my thought process there. Okay, sounds good. Now, Patrick. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, your name is no longer Patrick. Your okay. name is Giuseppe Zeta. Okay. 
<laughs> so, so he his substitutions were in minute 70, uh, 79, Brun Fernandes for Petrovic, uh, minute 90, Rafinha for Brun Gaspar, and then Fredo Montero for Castanhos. Uh, so now you, Pizzeiro, I want you to give me your true stu- three substitutions and at whatever time you think it would have been the correct time and whatever players you desire. Okay, so first candidate is going to be the player that obviously uh, most of us were a bit let down by, which was Bruno Fernandes. Um, he would have been the first player off for me. And I probably would have taken him off around about the 60th, 65th minute, roughly when we scored the penalty. Um, and this is the tricky bit because obviously Sporting were playing based on two factors, being defensively astute and um, energetic, essentially. And what we what Pazave decided to do was go for the only defensive midfielder that he had and try to close out the game at 1-0. Um, agreed. Agreed. I can't, but, I can't really blame mm-hmm. him too much for that. It's just that's just the option that he had. Petrovic yeah. is the only defensive midfielder he had there. Um, but perhaps I would have been a little bit more daring and gone for for Vendel because then you do need like we we have to remember how much Sporting put into that performance, um, especially in the first half. So it was only natural that, as you say. Rafinha, who hasn't had much first-team football, and Nani, who's 31 now, and uh, and Freddie Montero, who worked his socks off, of course, as well. Uh, you know, these players are going to get tired, so you need someone extra that can join in the attack and, and help get out of your own half, essentially. And I think that man would have been Vendel. I think I'll bring on Vendel um, just past the hour mark for Brun Fernandes and I wouldn't even save any substitutions for like the 90th and 92nd to break up play and waste a bit of time as well I think Sporting needed those changes you know pre the 80th minute and the the two most likely candidates uh, to come off are Nani and Rafinha who was absolutely you know finished he had a great game um, but he worked so hard but Really, in the second half, he ran out of gas completely. And um, so the two players I bring on for for those two are are the obvious ones, um, which is Jovan Cabral and uh, Matheus Pereira. I think that way Sporting would have, you know, you you bring fresh legs and you remain um, a little bit more threatening on the counter-attack. Sporting completely lost the threat. Uh, on the counter. Um, and so, Giovanni what, Cabral for Rafinha and Matheus Pereira for Nani. Yeah. And obviously, I'd have Cabral on the left and Matheus Pereira on the right. So Okay. Um, yeah, and I think that's what was needed um, because if you have no attack, then obviously, and with especially with someone like Petrovic coming in, um, w- what that says is, you know, come at us. Um, you're inviting pressure, and that's that's a dangerous thing to do. Sometimes um, it's the logical thing, but it's a, it's, a, it's also a dangerous thing to do late on, and and that's how um, teams uh, tend to concede goals. Um, so you know that's 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 my way around it, um, and ma- trying to maintain a one nil lead, and perhaps even making it two nil, snatching a two nil lead. Um, those are the changes I probably would have, would make in hindsight, obviously. I, I totally agree with you, and, and I'll give you my two cents. Uh, 
since uh, we'll finish, uh, you know, the, talking about the game. Uh, we, we started very well the uh, on the first half, uh, full steam. But, you know, I was watching the game. I was like, you know what? We're going to run out of gas. And that's what happened. The team in the second half, they were exhausted. Uh, people forget, but our preseason was poorly planned. And I'm not using the, this as an excuse. This was only our third official game. Befica already has six official games. And some of the those games, it's a high-level competition at the uh, Champions League comp- competition. Uh, so they have a different rhythm than we do. And we're still scrambling to put a team together. Uh, we all know that Baj Dost didn't play. We haven't spoken about him, but, you know, him being on the pitch would have been different. Befica would have been more careful playing defense. Um, uh, Viviano, even though Salan has been uh, playing phenomenal, didn't play. And then uh, at the last minute, Mathieu, one of our best center backs, didn't play. Then our midfield is still a mess. We still don't have a good fit for the uh, number eight position. Um, and like Patrick said, and I agree with you, Pizzato opted to play more defensively. And that was the mode we played. And uh, I think that's that, that was the only mode we could play. But the substitutions, I would have done exactly what Patrick said. I would have been more daring as well. And I would have put Wendell and uh, um, Matheus Pereira and uh, Jovan Cabral. Now, Danny, you back on the scene. Again, this really is really quick. Uh, can I just can I just really quick say something? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, course. sorry, sorry. Oh, bye, bye. Because I, I, I agree. I agree with everything that you guys have said as well. Um, I, I think that he he had to go a bit more defensive. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not even necessarily too upset with the Petrovic for Bruno Fernandes because uh, I think it was Patrick that said earlier. What other option do we have on the bench as a center defensive midfielder? It would have been nice having somebody better. But if your only option is Petrovic, I agree. You play him. I, I agree that Bruno Fernandes lost the influence of the game. Uh, he, he wasn't up to par. And even on attacking-wise, he wasn't going forward with the ball and helping us move forward. Defensively, he wasn't helping. So I'm cool with Petrovic coming in. My only um, criticism towards Zepa Zedu is, one, that took a bit too long. But two, is that he didn't think about after us going forward. He didn't see that. Nani could no longer uh, go with the rhythm of the game, could no longer handle the, 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 the like I said, the rhythm, the rhythm of the game. How Jovan Cabral coming in, stretching Befica wider, or, or having Befica at least have maybe one more player back so that they don't commit too, too much uh, would have helped us out. Um, even stretching the game even more with Jovan Cabral uh, on the wing and Mateusz Pereira. I I agree with you guys on that term. My only, again, like I said, my only quarrel between Giuseppe Zaidu is and how he managed the game was the substitutions came too late and the substitutions, of course, in hindsight, but the substitutions were completely wrong and he should have seen earlier that Nani and Rafinha were no longer um, giving that, that same, weren't providing us the same things that they were providing us, especially in the first half and, and in the beginning of the second half. And he should have, Still keeping the defensive core should have pushed forward for us a bit more as well. He should have had that in mind. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's that's just to just to bounce off the same ideas or, or my opinions on what was just said. No, no, that's cool. I you know I agree. Uh, and I think Zepozade they've made. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, he didn't dare to put the Jovan Cabral, which is in a phenomenal shape. Yeah, he, he would have killed them because they were exhausted themselves. Yeah, so he didn't, he didn't have the courage to no. to while defense still make positive substitutions. He, yeah, he was holding on to the one nothing, and then at the end we and praying. Yeah, where we wasted so much time. We did a great job in 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 wasting time the last six minutes. A phenomenal job actually, which yeah. I'm so I'm so against that, but sometimes uh, it's needed. Um, so Danny, since you butt in, I'm gonna skip you. <laughs> <laughs> now straight to Nando. Uh, so I want, I want everyone. What is that? What is that? Uh, hey, I want everyone to have the same. Menu. Of course, of course. Yeah, Nando. Sixty second minute. Sixty second minute. Was <laughs> that a PK uh, from Ruben Diaz against Montero? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that we're all going to pretty much agree that that's a PK. It's just a matter of how much or how passionate we are that that's a PK. I think Ruben Diaz. Has shown us that uh, he's a uh, he's brutal. He's uh, he's kind of sloppy. He's kind of uh, all over the place. Um, he's shown us that you know, as good as of a, of a player he can be, he abuses his um, his strength and his and he gets away with a lot of a lot of calls that don't get called against Benfica. I was very surprised that they called it. I thought they would have said that Montero didn't have enough possession of the ball or had enough opportunity to get a good uh, goal opportunity. Um, but in my view, that is a uh, that's a very well called penalty, uh, and I'm 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 satisfied that the referee had the uh, courage to do that. That that doesn't tend to be a thing at Benfica Stadium, especially in a derby or a classical, you know, the, whatever the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was well, well called. I, I hope that more you know referees call things against Ruben Diaz because I think he's gone away with a lot of a lot of uh, sloppy challenges. And um, just just being very very sloppy in general. Okay, sounds good, Patrick. Yeah, Juan. Uh, no, no, another question. Juan uh, Felix. Uh, he's 19 years old. A great player from Benfica. I've seen him play in the under 19. He's up and coming. Uh, I have to recognize this guy will be a superstar one day. At minute 86, he scored a header. Whose fault was that? From the defense, um, see, from it, it's tricky, uh, but you do have to look at um, Jefferson's overall positioning and how you know he completely loses um, the path of. Uh, I think is it is it Rafa who does the dot and run across the right? Yes. Um, yeah, he completely loses that and and facilitates that. It's it's a weakness in his game. You know, it's 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 not uncommon for us to see week in week out a, a winger dart ahead of Jefferson and, and find that space on our left um, so from there obviously you got to look at, um, at Jefferson's position and for, positioning unfortunately and as soon as that ball is uh, that ball is um, found and the cross comes in you then you can't you can't really put too much blame on anyone else, I saw a lot of blame go towards uh, Rostovsky, um, who perhaps would have tracked uh, Jean Felix's run at the back post. Um, but you know, w w when that pass is made, and all of a sudden everyone's got to run back, you know, it's a bit panicky. Uh, and so you have to allow an element of error uh, to creep into those players that are in the box, ready to defend. Um, so I, in that situation, I put most of the blame. Um, on Jefferson, but you know, 
it, it happens and especially with Jefferson you, you sort of um, have to take it it's, it's, it's part of his flaw as a fullback um, and, and that's that really okay yeah uh, uh, for me it's a split it's uh, it's between uh, Kovac and uh, Ritovsky uh, they should have been there but it was a really fast play um, so let's move yeah. on now uh, Danny uh, since you didn't cut off anybody this time, now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this 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 is something I know you're not gonna like it, but uh, uh, tough luck, uh, you Canadian. So <laughs> handle it. What can I tell you? All right, all right. Okay. Souza Sintra and Artur Torres Ferreira. Exactly. They. Uh, <sighs> They, I'm not going to give my opinion because you don't God. want to hear it. But, <laughs> but they gave an interview on BTV. So what did you think about that? Um, uh, I, I know. I, I sympathize with them. <laughs> uh, I sympathize with them a little bit. I I understand, you know, they're, they're so the Sintra is a nice guy. Uh, he said, os cores do Benfica e do Sporting fazem a bandeira nacional. Yep. Um, all nice and dandy, uh, but let's let's keep in mind this is the same team that months ago wanted to take over take a situation happening at this club. Um, you know as well they came out in full support of Sporting, uh, which of course I'm talking about Porto, a rival nonetheless. But uh, uh, there's there's certain ways to handle certain things. And the way that Benfica, more in particular, came out and, and said how he wanted to take advantage of it, um, I think we shouldn't have been so friendly with them. Um, let's let's also keep in mind this is still a club that still chants about deaths of our fans. This is still a this is still a rival club. I I'm not saying that we should. Um, be full out in war with them like we have been in years past. Uh, I definitely think maybe we should mend a bit of of of, of um, the feud between the two clubs. But at the same, I think uh, I think that we should still realize realize uh, certain certain things that that took place in in re- recent history and and not do them any favors and not come out and say thir- certain things. I just think we need to be a bit more. Um, a bit more careful for how we handle situations. I think there's nothing wrong with with not going and not saying anything. I think sometimes saying nothing is maybe a bit better than than saying something. You know what I mean? It, saying nothing says a bit more than than sometimes saying things. So I think I stand with them and sympathize with them. I'm definitely not happy with. I've seen yesterday from 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 Sosacin and others. Guys, I'm 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 gonna have to jump in, even if that means I lose some antenna time here in just a second. I have to because this one's been bothering me. Um, just the whole thing that's been playing out, man. And I'm so happy you you asked, okay? Because I almost brought back Twitter just so I can respond to that. Um, but here's the thing, man. Uh, we forget just like was just just like we've said now and the weeks prior that Benfica has had every intention of uh, pretty much screwing Spartan over completely going into the season. So we know they've wanted to do that. I think the reason why they haven't done that 
is not so much because Luis Vieira, um, she had a change of heart. I think it was more of they couldn't do that. I think that players either chose not to go there or they didn't like the offer or like the turmoil that that would have created in their lives if they were already stressed as is. Um, I think you, everybody here has probably read what Paulo Futre apparently said, right? That he said that the Benfica, um, that apparently Luis Vieira was like told Sousa Sintra he wasn't going to do anything after Sousa Sintra was um, took over. Um, I think that's kind of BS on, on my thought process. Um, but but I think that us going over there into the into the um, the presidential box and 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 getting the, you know accepting some stupid uh, medal that Benfica chose to give us, I think that only makes Benfica look better. I think it makes us look weak. I think it makes us look exactly like the media has wanted us to look. And I think the Sosa Sintra ate that up. I think the Sosa Sintra loved that attention of being the guy who's like, ah, oh, look at me, man. You know, I'm here in the tribuna and, and, and it's a Sporting Benfica game. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal because here's the thing. Porto and Pinto Costa have been at war with Benfica ever since Pinto Costa took over. And Porto, say what you want, whether it's been completely 100% legit or not, They've been dominating Portuguese soccer until the last maybe five years. And they're still very much in a better trajectory than Sporting is. And Pinto Costa didn't get there by shaking hands with Benfica president and, and sending them a bouquet of flowers and, and medals and, and inviting them over to their press box. Soccer, soccer, we don't need to sit here and incentivize violence. But we don't also need to sit here and act like uh, we're just going to quickly get pushed over and immediately forget what uh you know their president said um uh, that's my two take my two cents on it man that, that kind of pissed me off it was very unnecessary and on top of that it wasn't just so the scene that it wasn't it was the other two dudes that we hate um or that the majority of us hate that was there with them it was just that little squad those three stooges man and it's it's so i don't know man to me it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth and it's just it just looks embarrassing it looks like we've got no backbone yep well, I agree. well I'm, I'm i'm just i'm gonna say something about that too uh, me personally, I think we should have good relations with uh, every every team in the world, not only the Portuguese league, but all the teams. But of course, a, a team that or, or an institution or it, not the institution, the president that represents that team in, in the time being in this in this case, Luis Vieira, um, because I look at the, at the Befica as an institution, as, as a respectful institution. Uh, I mean, they were founded in 1904, and they deserve my respect. But this president of Befica, like you said, I have no respect for him. I have a lot of uh, uh, good Befiquista friends, and they know how I feel about him, like they didn't like Bruno Carvalho, for example. Um, they had the other presidents from Befica that I respected a lot, but this president, indeed, I think he's corrupted. And indeed, I think he tries to win in other ways, not inside the box, the rectangular. And that's why I don't like him that much. Uh, if we go back to his personal affairs, he owes money to everybody. Uh, he's, uh, he was caught in corruption on the, in, in his uh, uh, companies. So he's not someone that, uh, that's looked upon as a role model. Uh, but with that said, I think Sporting must maintain uh, is chin up and get along with everybody. But the interview yesterday was embarrassing because the background was an eagle and uh, he's, he's the president of Sporting Club Portugal. So he's he looked that really metal. bad. Yeah. All he should, what he could have done more carefully would be, A, I don't, 
no, 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 uh, all due respect, but can we pick another background? Because that's the, I can't. I'm yeah. the president of Sporting Portugal. That's not a lion. <laughs> that's an eagle. So can you, can we just change the setting? I don't mind saying a couple of words. I agree that we should we should maintain the good relations, and that we should do things like we say in, in Portuguese, morrer pela calada, behind closed doors. Uh, that that even that will taste even better later. Uh, when when we get that those doors, why do we need to be so vocal? Uh, why do we need to say "epa slichus lampions"? We don't need to be machistas, and we don't need to be so vocal. We can do things in a classy way behind closed doors, and we still will get them. Uh, us making a lot of uh, noise and fireworks—that's all it is. It's fireworks. Nothing happens. So let's do things in a more silent way but in a killing way, silently, and then we'll get there. Uh, I think Spartanguisha, sometimes we, we kind of run out of patience, and we just have to be a little bit more political and a little bit malicious in a silent way, and then we'll get there. That's my take on it. I didn't like the background at all. That, that's what threw me off. I thought he was, was elected for president of Bifico or something. Um, but without any further delays, Patrick, you've been really quiet. Now I'm going to ask you about the uh, a new player that we just acquired, uh, the uh, Diaby. What are you expecting from him? Um, he's a player who can obviously play um, from the left flank or up front in, as well. Um, so he, he's, he's a quick player. Um, his goal record is a bit scattered sometimes he's on a good streak other times um, he's not um, coming from the Belgian league um, but you know in terms of as a player it's a different option to have um, with regards to Dost we know what Dost is like he's a target man but he's not the fastest um, DRB might be able to maybe even combine with Dost in a 4-4-2 or, or play instead of him in games where we've got space in behind the defence and he can um, exploit that. It's an interesting option to have. Um, let's see how he settles in in the Portuguese league. I do think we'll probably sign another striker um, to come in. So I don't know whether uh, Pozeiro's perhaps planning to play him um, from the left like he has uh, played at, uh, at earlier stages in his career. Um, but um, yeah, quick player to add to our front line. Um uh, should certainly offer us more than uh, what Castanhas does. Um, so it, it's it's a little bit of a positive, uh, but let's see how he sells. Okay, uh, Danny, uh, what can we expect from uh, uh, Goodelts, and which position will he play? Um, I think. Um, from the little I've seen of him, at least on his time of Ajax or Ajax, whatever, um, I think he's a he's a decent uh, ball playing midfielder. He can he can play number six. He has the physicality for it, um, but he also you know I think his, his strong suit is his distribution of the ball, um, his movement on and off the ball. So he can I think he'll definitely play as an eight beside Bataglia, which is um, or Bataglia more as a six which I think Bataglia benefits from a lot. Um, if we remember um, when last year William Carvalho would sort of play the more ball-distributing 
on the ball sort of presence in midfield, whereas Bataglia would sort of try to clean up mess. Um, if not William, it was Brian Ruiz for a little bit. Um, so I think I, I, I think and I hope that's what we're going for um, with the signing of uh, how is it? Good is it Goodell? Good, I think it's I think it's Goodelli. Goodelli, yeah. I think yeah, I'm gonna start calling him. I'm gonna start I'm gonna just start calling him my G or Goo or whatever uh, or Namania. Uh, as long, but anyways, as long I, as you don't call him uh, G string, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Um, I think he'll play more as an eight. Um, but I, I, th I think he can still do, do a job at six. Um, say if we want to play with two in the midfield, him and Bruno Fernandes maybe can do a job. Um, but yeah, I, I'm exciting. I'm excited. This is, this is one of the signings. Um, the, 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 one of the signings that I'm more enthusiastic about. I think Diaby is a good signing, but I, I think Gudeli... Um, might give us something that we've been lacking um, for not only this season but for seasons past. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping he has a he has a great um, start with his life here at Sporting. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so now we're back to Nando. Uh, what do you think about uh, uh, the acquisition of Nicola Sansoni? Honestly, man, I, I don't have much of an opinion on him as, as you know, I, I haven't followed much of his career, to be honest with you. So I don't want to, you know, start speculating or saying things that I don't have much of, uh, of done research on him. I think it's uh, another acquisition. I think it could go, hopefully, you know, we expect it to be a, a good acquisition, Majvalia, uh, but I really don't have much of an opinion on him. Um, I'm just going to kind of wrap around to, to as a whole on those three guys. I think we, we were expecting them to fill holes or at least provide a little bit more depth overall. Um, so I apologize. I don't know too much about him. Maybe someone else can chime in and give a better opinion on the guy. I, I personally don't want to, you know, bash him or, or, or make him sound to be the greatest player. I, I just don't know much about him. But as a whole, I think the acquisitions done so far have been done in a strategic manner, kind of, hoping to catch a little lightning in the bottle, if you will. Um, I think that out of the three acquisitions, I think the, the obvious acquisition is the one that I think we're going to um, end up enjoying a lot more. I don't know if you guys remember um, Mapenza back in the 99, 2000 year. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, that that is what I thought when we got the Abbey. I thought we're going to get a guy who hopefully, like Sosa Stinter said at the beginning, very fast guy. Um, maybe he's the fastest in the league, I don't know, but I think that we need a player like that who can um, spread the defense even more. Um, in regards to the player you just asked for, maybe someone else can chime in, or maybe you have a little bit more um, you know, research on him than I do. So, Okay, so uh, place of birth was Munich, Germany. He's actually Italian. He's a left-winger, uh, 1 meter, 73 centimeters. Uh, he started his career in Bayern Munich under 19. Then it moved on to Bayern Munich, the B team. Then in 2010-11, he went to Bayern Munich A squad. Then he was loaned to FC Croton. Then he played at Parma. Then U.S. Uh, US Sassoloi. And then uh, the last uh, uh, three years, uh, two years, Villarreal, Spain, Spain. So he has a lot of experience. 
he has played for the national team of Italy. And um, and that's why we need a left winger. I mean, if Pizzetta doesn't trust Jefferson, he's not giving a chance to Lumore. Nope. Might as well get another left left wing, uh, left uh, back left wing, and give uh, somebody else a chance. Um, so that's that's what he does. He could play left back and left wing, um, but that's all I have. Kind of a, it's kind of a uh, so that whole left left corridor will kind of go to him if need be. Is what is what it seems to be the kind of thought process going in there. Exactly. Uh, so uh, let's move on, um, Patrick. Um, Dumbia going to Girona. Is that a good move? Um, yeah, obviously Dumbia is <laughs> not um he's not the player that he once was. Sporting never saw um that player. So um it it's a shame because a lot of money was invested in that and perhaps we won't get the return that um we expected. A lot of money, yeah. So, um, but you know, that's 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 football, and when players are around the age of uh, Dumbias, it, it, it's like a switch. There can be fantastic one season, and the next season the decline happens, and all of a sudden they're not so marketable. That's the danger with um, p- uh, playing about um, signing players that are deep into their late twenties and early thirties, um, and. Sporting bite the dust here, um, but you know it's important to get a player like that off the wage bill. If he's not fancied by the manager, it's important to get him off the wage bill at least. Um, so Sporting can at least do that. And as you say, um, as we just talked about, we've got some interesting players uh, to look at. If we if Sporting can um, nail the signing of Sansona, who's obviously um, a very interesting left winger, I believe he can play um, just behind the striker as well. And there was also had um, that um, Muriel uh, Sevilla um, was um, linked with um, Sporting as well in the Spanish press. So there's another interesting um, option. Um, you know, Sporting if, by getting rid of Dumbia, perhaps I don't know. Uh, they have a, a bit of uh, change to play with, and they can uh, bolster the attack. Um, but just on on signings, uh, Sansoni, I do wonder what what that would mean to a guy like Cabral or even maybe Mateus Pereira, who's um, the outcast in 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 the in the wide areas. Um, perhaps that means that one or the two um, will be um, you know either put to the under twenty threes or loaned out or or even sold. Who knows? I think it'd be a shame if Sporting were to let go of um, Mateus Pereira, for example. Um, at the expense of uh, Sansoni or something. Gotcha. If, if, even if I think Sansoni is a very interesting player and certainly better than you know, Clinton and Xi and, and players like that that we were linked to previously. Exactly. I agree with you. Uh, Danny, now, we have four goalies. Uh, I just mm-hmm. want you to say keep him or let him go. That's all I need you to say, okay? Viviana, okay. keep him or keep, let him go? Keep him. Salah. Keep him. Rena. Not even sure why we got him, but I guess in this case, keep him for this one season. Maximiano. Loan him out. To he, he, needs, he needs experience under his belt. Um, preferably a Portuguese team. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure of any Portuguese teams that might need a goalie at the moment. Um, if we can get him, you know, a, a decent team um, 
basically just a team that'll give him the minutes and the experience he needs because he is a really good young keeper. Um, I just don't think he's ready for the jump yet. Okay, thank you. Uh, Nando, defense. Yep. Okay. Okay, we have Marcel. Keep him. Let him go. Oh man, um, keep him. Kwat, it's obvious. Keep, yeah, keep. Uh, yeah. Jefferson. Oh, God, I, uh, I want to say let him go, but because we're so not sure what we're going to do with that left back, that we have to reluctantly keep him. Okay, unless we get somebody then. Correct, yes. Okay. Otherwise, he has to go. Gotcha. Lumor. Um, same thing, man. Um, if we get somebody better, then maybe we can we can send Jefferson and let Lumor ride that bench. Um, but it depends on who we bring in. Or maybe give him a chance. Yeah, I'm not opposed okay. to giving him. A, yep. I'm not opposed to giving him a chance. I'm not. I'm not. But but somebody has to go, and most likely it would have to be Jefferson to let him Got go. It. And preseason, he looked good. So yeah, he did. We we I think we talked about one of the podcasts. You're right. He did. Yeah. Hitovsky. No, you got to keep him. Andre Pint. Um, keep him. Yeah, he's a good backup. Machu. Uh keep. Of course. And last but not least, Brun Kispar. Uh, you got to keep the guy. You spent the money to get him, and, and I think he has a lot, a lot of upside. I think we already know what he can do. I think that he hasn't shown everything he can do. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's taking them a while to get him going, but you definitely have to keep him, especially after the money invested. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for your input. Now, Patrick, let's get to the nitty-gritty of things. Which, uh, this one, it's not going to be easy for you. Bataglia. Keep. Of course. Now, this, this player was being used by J.J. a lot, but J.J. is gone. Brun says it. Um, I'd let him go. And this guy could play left back. That's why I'm not getting Pesedo. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I would let him go too because he's not using him. Because he could play left back decently, actually. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing that bothers me. It, 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 Jefferson. Yeah. He's gone. He's uh, he's the water boy now. Um, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, got to keep him, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, Petrovic. Uh, <laughs> let him go. Yeah, exactly. Let him go. We could have got, uh, kept Pelinha, which scored again today for Braga. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Don't no, remind no, me, man. No, oh, my no, God. Oh, but don't worry. We can get him back once we pay for him. I know. We have to pay like twenty percent or something. I don't know. kind of deal with that. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, Viva Sousa Sintri Cerveja que no tem que foi para falência. No mapis sei do bebes. Yeah, Ryan Gold. Um, for the good of his career, I think it's probably best to let him go. Yeah, I agree with you. They're not using him at all. And now, last but not least, uh, Wendell. He has to stay. Okay. Yeah, give him a chance. True. Give him a chance, exactly. Okay, Danny, we're going down to uh to the forward squad. Uh so uh Montero. Uh keep. Acuna. Keep. But play him as left back. Or in my opinion, keep him keep him and play him at left back. Or if you get another left back in, I still keep him. He's still good enough for the squad. Or winger or number eight or number six. No, to me, he's a left back. Uh, to me, I think he did well in midfield, but I, I, he's he's definitely a left sided uh, player. I think he he did he did well, but he 
I don't know. I I I still expect something more from the number eight, in my okay. opinion, at least. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Matheus Pereira, keep definitely keep. Nani, keep. Okay, now it's gonna get it a little bit tough for you, Carlos Mene. I think we if if Stuttgart really is interested in him, we we let him go. Um, sell him, very sell him or loan him. Sell him, loan him. Uh, it depends. Whatever gives us the most. It, I I don't know if he'll have a lot of market as of right now to sell at least because of his injuries the uh, the past two years. Um, but if we can loan him with an option to sign that's beneficial for us, then I I say we do that. Okay, uh, Rafinha, uh, keep him for sure. Dumbia, uh, get the get the fuck out of this club. Now I've been saying since December. Now, tough question. Would you let him go with the food basket? <laughs> I'll, I'll add a little card up top. He was nice okay. there over the summer. A green bow or red bow? <laughs> okay. Uh, Diaby, of course, we're going to keep him. You have to keep him. Yeah. Bajdos? Keep him. Yeah. Giovanni Cabral? Keep him. Now, if we do get another another forward, what kind of forward should we get? Somebody like Bajdost or someone like Diaby? Um, I personally think that okay with the strikers that we have in this system, um, because we're not playing a four four two, we're playing a four three three with only real one target, if you will. I think Bazdos, Diaby, and Monteiro, who showed last game, he, he's here to say something. I think he played very well last game. Those three are good. And then we still have Pedro Marx um, from um, who can sort of fill in that fourth spot if we get too many injuries. I don't personally if we go after one, I think maybe Target man like Bas Dos. We have Diaby. I I just mentioned them. I doubt he'll see many minutes, but Pedro Marx as well. So maybe a, a target man Dos goes out and we want to play um that that style. But again, I don't I don't think we need another another forward in my opinion. So someone like um Pinheiro, somebody we can cross the ball and he can Yeah, we need a we need exactly. a we need like, a complete poacher, man. Yeah, that's it. It's like yeah, I was happy when when we were linked with Slimani, and I was happy with those two because styles. Bastos has been getting more and more injured recently, and and Slimani can just easily fill in that role because that is his role. That's why Bastos came in and started banging. He, he just didn't have to restructure anything. Bastos just fell right in. Maybe a little tweaks here and there, but. It's a target man at the end of the day, and sort of the same system that they played. Like someone like uh, the guy from Tondela, Tomene. Yeah, yeah. Tomene. I, I hate to say it. Well, he's old, but somebody like Edingo. Um, there's this guy from Dijon who's uh, Julio Tavares, plays for Cap Verde. I think that would be a cheap and a good signing if we target man, which I think, um, again, if, if we're really out there going for another forward, then we should get. A guy, um, yeah, definitely a, a Pinheiro, like you said. Yeah, exactly. We said names, but we're not saying this is the names that we would exactly. Want. Yeah, it's just the, the the type of player that we would like. Um, Pinheiro, somebody with tall guy that knows how to head the ball into the net. Exactly. Get a Peter Crouch. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two meter Peter. Yeah, the guy couldn't play with his feet, but with his head only count. That's it, man. Yeah. Just that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So now we go. I'm going to ask you one by one. This question will be for everybody. I want you to give me your honest opinion. You've heard the debates between the the seven candidates going for president. I want you to tell me who has impressed you the most and what will be your tendency to vote for. So Danny just spoke. I'm going with Nando. Go, Nando. Um, so the guy who's uh, surprised me the most, uh, that's, uh, this is going to be an interesting question for everybody. Um, I think it's going to be Benedito. I think that uh, I hate saying it like this, like by default, he's been my choice right now. If, if the elections were tomorrow, I would vote for Benedito. Um, I think that he's kind of played it conservatively. I think he hasn't said too much or, or, or pulled too many strings one way or another. I think that's his strategy. It seems like it seems like he's letting very much like we've talked to previous shows, but let the fans who know him and then the fans who are starting to know him kind of take him as a, as a fans president, not so much the money or the bankers president or the guys who have interest in sporting from outside of sporting, like the guys who would back Richardi or the guys who maybe would back a, a Pedro Madeira Rodriguez or a guy who would you know, back like a, like a Rui Jorge. I think Benedito's kind of played conservatively. I think he'll conhece os cantos a casa. I think he knows it a little better even than a guy like Barandas, who's kind of really banking on that. Um, but um, right now I'd vote for Benedito. I think he's been my pleasant surprise by default. And I say default because I really dislike not that I dislike him per se as, as a guy running for presidency. I just don't think he's ready to be president. I don't think that he's in a position to be president. But with that being said, um, I really don't like anybody else. I think guys there like, uh, like Richard and that other guy, uh, Fernando, I think they, they automatically like, what are you guys even doing? It's like you guys had nothing to do and decided that you just want to show up on TV. Um, Diaz Ferreira has taken Spartan to a tribunal, I think more than once. Um, I think that now he's just kind of doing the whole, eh, you know, I, 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 there could be things I could be doing with my life, but why not jump in and try to be president? I think Pedro Madero Rodriguez is running because he kind of has to. The fact that he's lost the previous elections and Gun Carvalho's out, I think that he thinks that that would make him an easy favorite. I think Varandas is really banking on the, on, on the fact that he's like the clean cut kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the perfect doctor, the guy who was there and witnessed everything and, has the biggest pulse of the club. Um, I, I, I can't stand Richardi completely. I can't stand him. I hope he gets humiliated uh, uh, when it comes time for elections. I think it, that would be the greatest show of strength from, from Sporting Gishas. If, if we have to pick somebody, as long as he isn't picked, I think that would be a good first step towards riding the ship um, to move away from that kind of, of, of thought process of political um, – of political power, if you will, or banking power. So, yeah, I have to go with Benedito um, j j just because I, he's the best out of those guys, in my view, and the least controversial, the one that maybe because we know the least about in terms of what he can do politically for, for the team, but, you know, what he can do in terms of modalidad, I think he, he really embraces that, the fact that he was capitão and everything, had all that success in futsal. Um, that'd be my take, man.
It really would. It's a hard one, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, sounds good, man. Uh, Patrick, your turn. Um, to me, I'm I'm torn between Verandes and Benedito, and and um, you know anything outside of that is just I'm just not interested in it at all. Um, but to tell the truth, I, I haven't been like really impressed by any of the candidates in the same way that, for example, you know, back in 2013 and 2011, when Bruno Carvalho came onto, came onto the scene, you know. Lot, lots of fans, including me, knew instantly, right, this is the guy that I want to take sporting forward from this moment onwards. Um, and I haven't really um, coupled myself with any of the candidates just yet um, in the current situation. But for sure, I think um, I think the winner will eventually be um, Varanda Jor uh, Bernadette, barring any surprise or uh, any mad tricks on the day. Um, but um, you know it, it, it's it's difficult uh, to, for me to pick between the two because one um, I do I do like um, I like Bundita I like his character I like um, uh, what he represents obviously to the club and how his project is is really um, organic and, and and you know it's just pure sporting he's just focused on um, taking sporting ahead uh, but whether he has the right team. We're bringing in uh, guys like Andre Cruz, who obviously a massive um, symbol of the club, but someone who isn't directly involved in football. Therefore, we don't know whether he has um, the capacity to really succeed at that level. And the same goes for someone like Peter Schmeichel, who's more of a uh, an ambassador for like you know promotional things rather than actually getting involved in the nitty gritty stuff of football. I, I just have doubts on that side of Bernadito's uh, campaign, whether he can really translate all that and cook it all up to be a, a successful team. Um, and the, the same thing goes for, for Verandes. I like a, a lot of his ideas, um, his focus on the need for sporting to be um, uh, self-efficient and and really invest in scouting because essentially a club like sporting is a selling club. And if you look at clubs around Europe that aren't the the Real Madrid's or the Barcelona's, you're looking at teams like Monaco, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Sevilla. Uh, these teams are very intelligent and clinical with their signings. And that's that's how they survive and that's how they have uh, positive revenue. That's what teams like Benfica, Porto, Sporting um, and teams like this have to do. We certainly have to do, um, we have to really focus on, on elements of our scouting to really push the club forward and clear some of our debts and remain competitive um, or become competitive, shall I say, uh, in Europe in the latter stages. Um, and uh, that's that's the bit from Verandes' campaign that really um, catches my eye. But then he does he does um, wear me out a little bit when he keeps banging on about how I've got how he's got fourteen years of experience and all this and all that and he, he knows 11. yeah. Exactly, he knows how how to run a club, and really, you know, he, essentially, you were just a club doctor and and whatnot. And I, I don't know uh, if that really is going to translate into you being president. And he's also got a few things about, you know, instilling respect back into the to the academy and how uh, youth players must, um, you know, 
clean up after the pro players and you know bring it back to the old school. I just don't think that's going to really stick with the youngsters nowadays. No, it's very different, and it's not like sporting's the last academy in the world. Players will just. You know, some players are divas right from the off, and and if we don't treat players well, if we don't play our cards right with certain characters, and we'll simply just lose those players. So, um, it is an idea that's really good in some ways, and potentially uh, really problematic in other ways. So, those are the doubts that I have between the two candidates. But definitely, um, for me, Bundito and Vernandez are the go-to guys. For uh, for presidency in my eyes, I think Ricciardi for me is like the greatest villain of the scene, um, and everyone else after that, uh, barring Dijkstra, who I have a little bit of sympathy for. But uh, the other the other three candidates, um, are, no, they they mean nothing to me really. Okay, so uh, Danny, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I, um, I agree with a lot of what was just said. I think um, in my eyes as well, I think it's it's definitely down to Verandas and Benedito. Um, I'm still unsure. Um, I I think I know what lay, I mean. I know what way I'm leaning towards, but I'm just still unsure about it. Uh, like Patrick just said, it's not like in 2011 or or more importantly for me, 2013 when I really started um, taking into account these things. And looking at elections and listening to guys like Bruno Carvalho, who obviously has, um, it, it, no one has really taken me right away, right from the off, and, and have sold me on their project or their uh, their ideas. I feel like um, some more than others, but almost every program is flawed. A, a guy who surprised me maybe was Rui Vigo. I didn't know much of the guy. I think he has decent ideas. I I, I listened to to every debate except um, today, I think it was, or yesterday, between Ricciardi and, and Varanda. But um, Regu sort of surprised me in a sense. I'm not 100% sold on Roberto Carlos being this mastermind of a direct... Um, certain things that he said in, in debates, uh, um, along with other things, have, have made me realize that he's not the complete uh, thing that he was... Uh, PMR is still is to listen to, I think. Um, and, and yeah, Ricciardi is the only one that uh, I think scares me the most because I think that he has... Um, uh, uh, Verandas kind of scares me as well, but I think Ricciardi, he has too much of an old and too much support from it. Um, he said... He said um, sports isn't down to an exact science... Um, and, and we shouldn't be so scientific with, with how we, we go about um, doing our business and, and stuff like that. And, and it scares the living crap out of me hearing that because look at the best teams in the world and they treat this like a science. They, their moves are calculated for the most part. Um, Ricciardi seems like a guy who, who wants to instill fear within, within our sausage, uh, within And I, I, I'm fearful that... Um, a lot of people are gonna are gonna listen to that and take his word for it um, when clearly that's not the case um, because if 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 our financial difficulties Ricciardi's been ex- explaining them by we wouldn't be making buys because we still are um, especially guys like Nani who who I, I love to have here but who are on high wages 
and then as well as there wouldn't be seven candidates. Uh, there would be one or two. Um, anyways, that's just the the guy who's. Um, I I'm leaning towards Juan Benedito just because he he say he says things um, that I identify with. He 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 talks about Sporting in the same way I would, the same way I think uh, Sporting should head. Um, he's definitely a guy who will keep the investment on the Mudalidad's high. Um, he's not a guy who looks at Mudalidad's as a waste of money, as as um, reports have been coming out in, in Portugal saying we've wasted, I, th- I think it was $10 million on, on Mudalidad's, just not a waste, especially if so we're ridiculous. winning. If we're yeah, losing, man. maybe that's a waste, but we're, five, we're five winning. Mil- so, they said $5 so, million. I mean, exactly, guy, just million. off of that, like, imagine, to say that's a waste is a joke. Yeah, dude, but we've we've wasted millions across the, the the main soccer team for sixteen years, and we can't win shit. So I hate people who say that about the Mudalidad. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that uh, bleeds Mudalidad. I'm I am yeah. all about Mudalidad. So I would rather lo- lose ten millions and be champion of handball or competitions, uh, yes, vo- volleyball, and uh, futsal. And then uh, our soccer team, it's been 16 years without winning. We won the uh, Taça da Cerveja, Taça da Liga, which means nothing. Uh, but I'll give my two cents. For me, it's Bendit. Uh, actually, I already voted for him. Uh, my father got the ballots. Um, he, leave, he, he retired in Portugal. He lives in uh, Ilhev, Aveiro, and he got the ballots. So he called me and said, Hey, Phil, and the funny thing is he only gave me two options. This is what he said. <laughs> this, this is what my father said. And then I said, Ah, okay. So then I said, So uh, my, my vote, it's good for two votes. Uh, depending on how long you've been at Sporting, then you get more votes. Yep, I'm, I still have mine to put in too. Yeah, so I already voted for him. It's on the way, and my father voted for him. So there's four votes from uh, Familia Teixeira Sportingista. So Benedito all the way, and it's easy for me. Benedito uh, was a player for Sporting, was always a Sportingista, the captain of Sporting, knows about, all about o Balneário do Sporting, uh, knows... Uh, I don't know if you guys had the chance to to listen to him on uh, Sporting 160, Sporting Centro Center, with João Castro e Cosé. Uh, but if you didn't, uh, I would advise you guys. You all you all understand Portuguese, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So go to I think it's uh, episode 76 or 77, if I'm not mistaken. And then listen to it, and you'll see how much this guy knows about everything. You know, he was a futsal player, uh, the goalie, the captain. He won several Tassas Portugal Portuguese championships, uh, and uh, he knows about finances. He runs his own company with his father. It's a family business. And uh, the more you listen to him, you'll be more convinced that this guy is is the the, the, the person that should be the president. Uvarandes doesn't convince me. He left the team when the, the ship was sinking. Uh, I'm a strong believer that, uh, you know, you you stick with your guns, you stay until the end, you don't you don't leave the ship. Uh, he reminded me of uh, João Moutinho when he left the football club port and he was our captain. Same shit. There's no, there's no difference, really. 
I don't want a president that when things get tough, he might split on us. That's not yep. who I want. So Varenda doesn't convince me at all, not even a little bit. Ricardo is all about money, Kertash is filha da puta. He's not good for sporting. Dish uh, Freire, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been a he's a lawyer, very successful. He's been involved with sporting for 40 years. He was the president of the MAG. Uh, he was dirigent sporting. He, he bleeds and breeds sporting. He's emotional. I agree with Patrick because I was just chatting with him on uh, on Twitter on the uh, DM. Uh, but uh, he, I think he would be a good president. But I would rather have somebody young with a, a lot of a lot of years in front of him, full of steam, that can uh, you know knows how to talk to players, know how to, how to talk to coaches, uh, and then knows how to talk in public. The most important thing is you're representing Spartan Club Portugal. You need to know how to talk in front of cameras. You can be just uh, I love Bruno Carvalho. I voted for him. I wish he was our president now, but he's the one who digged his own grave. Nobody else. Um, it was too much, uh, you know, on TV, all over the place, shooting at everybody. So, and that's why he's out of sporting now. Uh, but if I could have a president now, of course, it would be Bruno Carvalho but because of, 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 of his own fault. He's no longer there. Um, so, Bundit all the way, and I hope he's the president. We'll find out on the 9th because usually after everybody votes, usually the vote, the, the election is over like around like 10 p.m., which will be Portuguese time on the 8th. And then on the 9th, and the madrugada, like like at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, that's when that's what's it. He announced Bruno last time I stayed up waiting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, for, for us, it wasn't that late. It was like 10 p.m. or something. But in yeah, Portugal, it was like five, 3 in the morning or something. It, uh, and I don't know if, if you wanted, if you were planning on touching touching up with this uh, even a little bit, but I was curious to get because you, you weren't on last week, so I was curious to get your take on it. But um, you know, we obviously have the the process against Bruno Carvalho. You know, they're they're trying to you know essentially get rid of him. This Pulsada Yilda Sosio completely eradicated from the club, and it it's it's making me sadder more than angry. At first, I was angry. Now I'm sad because now to me, it it just seems like. Like, that's going to be the end of him. You know what I mean? Like, his legacy, everything that we did or he did for the club, and that's the last thing people... Hello? What your take would be on that? Because I know, I know you've, you've been vocal about him a little bit. Well, uh, Bruno Carvalho, I, I voted for him last time. Uh, like, most of the pre- of the, the sources of Sporting voted for him last time. Uh, there, there's a change... Uh, when we when we lost against Atletico Madrid, remember that? Yeah, absolutely. That's when he, that's when he turned and was sending text messages to the players. I'm not gonna go in detail because I don't know all of it. Like speculation, I don't. I'm not a big fan of, of talking shit without knowing the facts. But anyway, you could see from that time on. He, he kind of exploded. He, he, the, his interviews on TV tripled. And sometimes that's not a good thing. Sometimes when you're constantly attacking A, B, C, D, E, F, G, not only Befica, it was also uh, people from Sporting, including on Facebook, uh, a guy like me. Hey, Bruno Carvalho, you suck. You would answer to me. I think that was a bit too much. You, the president of a 
of a, a world-class uh, soccer team, football team. So you have to know when to filter certain things. He didn't know how to do it. I don't know what happened. He, he became a totally different person from uh, his demeanor changed, his uh, persona changed, and that's what killed him. So if they – and this fool of kicking him out as socio, he's the one who came up with it. You know, you guys know that. Yeah, yeah, he started yeah, doing it. Yeah. People. yeah, he's the one who, who actually brought it up, Numan Silvari Giral, and it was approved uh, because maybe he had the intention to kick some uh, kick, kick some sausages out. Should I kick him out? No, I'm against that. You know, I'm totally against that. But should Bruno Carvalho, you know, uh, give it a rest? He should. Me personally, me personally, yeah. I think he should uh, regroup his troops and then let let these guys. Go for elections, and then whoever wins wins. And then four years from now, then he can go again for for elections. He needs to break this guy. His family is is sick of it too. Daughters. I think. I think. Isn't he now uh, almost going through uh, another divorce from the most recent one? That's what they're saying. I'm not sure about That's that. What they but, say. Yeah. Well, of course, they've been saying shit about him for months and uh, pretty much his yeah. whole time there. They say, I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to say I know because I don't know. But if he is going through a divorce, uh, I wouldn't be surprised because it's a lot of pressure. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's something that, uh, that that only shows you that everything he's done so far, it's been exhausting to his family and himself. He had a breakdown, this guy. So, he doesn't, Bruno Carvalho doesn't know how to go anything other than 150 miles per hour. No, you know, he, he, has, he has to slow down. Now, 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 the most important thing uh, is Sporting Club Portugal. We, we, we have the season already begun. We have uh, modalidades already kicking in in uh, full gear to 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 their uh, to their leagues, championships. So he has to me. He has to regroup, stop this, and then four years from now, he goes again up for elections, uh, stronger than ever with a good team, and I'm pretty sure he'll win again. But you know, now to 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 make so much noise, it's 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 not it's not good for Sporting. I mean, to me, it's not. I'm not saying the Sousa Sintra is the solution because it's not. No, but pretty soon we're gonna have a new president. So let's give this yeah. guy a fair shot because he is whoever wins these elections will have a really really tough job ahead of him. A lot of issues to resolve. Another issue came up, which was the uh, the last coach that was fi- fired, and now he's claiming that Sporting owes him money. I in the reason the the biggest reason why I brought this up, obviously, this is going to be one of the hottest topics um, until election and possibly even past election, depending on what happens to him. But you know, I had some friends who didn't have an opportunity; they're not on Twitter to ask their questions, and I believe they're listening in or will be. So I just wanted to make sure we. We gave our two cents a little bit on Bruno Carvalho, the current situation. But I think it's at the point, like I said at the beginning, where I was angry. Now I'm sad. And I'm sad because he's – il fiz a sua propria cama. At the end of the day, he could have clearly – and I think what I read a lot uh, amongst Sporting Guiche is like removing the fans that hate him. I'm talking about everybody else, whether you love him or are irrelevant towards him at this point. Um, I think that everybody agrees or has a general understanding that if he had chosen to uh, step down, like everybody was was doing around him, and I understand, like you mentioned at the beginning, 
uh, here uh, of this topic. You said, you know, you're the last one. The captain is the last one to abandon Arubar. But I think in his situation, the fact that he refused and the fact that he continued to hold on to that hope that everybody else around him would also hold on, I think just made his own bed and then now he has to lie in it. I think we could have clearly been in a situation now where there would have been eight candidates. He would have been running and he very much would have swept everybody else. And I agree. He would have dominated this election if he had chosen to, to let go sooner. He should, he should have gone when the, after the attack on the Academy, that's when he should have said, then uh, his vice president would have kicked in. And then they would have uh, said, "Okay, we'll go for election on this on the eighth of September," yeah, because yeah. this was back in June. So, and then you would have you would have had the opportunity to run for president again. So, and this is without all of these guys like Martha Suarez and everybody having this personal agenda against them. Got it exactly. You would have had uh, still his entire team, Conselho Diretivo, in place, Carlos Vieira, all of them. And he, he, he could have saved his face, save face, and he, he could have run for elections now. He blew that. He said no. Now he's trying to cancel the uh, AG, the, the, the Stitui Sound, of the 23rd of June, whom uh, Providencia called Clar. What he well, got. When, when does that do, by the way? When is that decision coming up? Is it so, shut up he's doing? so this is what happened. He requested to, to cancel the uh, the uh, uh, the Sound of the Junior. The uh, Providential Cautelar was approved. So then the court gave Sporting Sad until the 21st of August to answer to the Cautelar. Uh, um, and then they answered back. So now they have everything they need, the court, the judge. So now it's up, it's up to them to say, okay, we we heard the reasons of uh, the ex-president of Brun Carvalho. We heard the response and the reasons why he shouldn't be the president of Sporting from Sporting Sad. They said if he comes back, if I say um prejuízo do todo tamanho, that we're gonna lose a lot of money. So then I don't know when he'll come out, but it should be coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll go in favor of Bruno Carvalho, but you never know. You never know. Uh, he could. Uh, he could. To, yeah. To, to be to be to be honest with you, you know. Part of me wants, and, and I don't know if the, if the other two guys want to chime in on this a little bit, but part of me kind of wants, obviously, it to go in his favor, just a big curveball. I know that in the current, in the immediate, it would not be good for sport in terms of like, you know, the season's already been going. You know, we, we're trying to right the ship and, and start a new, a, new, uh, a new era. But at the same time, just the fact that we all have our strong opinions on um, – uh, and all these guys and the fact that at the end of the day he very well could uh, could be eradicated from sporting and these guys could be you know still standing tall um, I, it just leaves a bad bad taste in my mouth even if that means that Bruno Carvalho isn't present because at this point I really don't care if he isn't I would love for him to have still been but the fact that Marta Suarez and Sosa Sintra and I, for, I, keep, uh, I keep forgetting the other guy's name um Ricardo Rego, you Utavar. Yeah, man. But it's not even those guys. I'm talking about os três that were at the Benfica game. You know, Sousa Sintra, Marta Suarez, you que é presidente do do conselho. Exactly, exactly. Like those guys, man. It is. I keep getting this bad, bad feeling that they're just they just know too much in terms of tr real truths that's sporting. 
in that they're just too powerful for Bruno Carvalho, and he's fighting him by himself. He has no team, no supporters, really, besides like fans, but most sauces don't speak up for him. And they just, it just shade a mild, man. Shade a sturro, shade like something just doesn't cook right. And, and that's what's worrying me. That's yeah, what scares that, me. Well, that's why I want the elections to be over with. Get, let's move on. Let's get our new president, un novo conselho diretivo, uma mag nova, new people. People that now will know they stick around for four years. They'll be serious about it. Clean up, uh, you know, the team, uh, you know, invest in the modalities because end ball today look awful. I'll just mention a couple of things about end ball. Uh, I don't want to take too long because it's close to two hours, but uh, we need to invest in our modalities. We, we, the, the two, the two uh, players we have centrais. And then ball, they awful. They they look old as shit. Uh, but anyway, I have three questions from our fans. So I'm going to start with Patrick. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, from uh, at S A L I N I S M O one Salinismo one. He's a, one of our followers, one of our fans. He's asking how long until the Abbey should be introduced into the squad and. How should he be used? Um, yeah, tricky one. I think perhaps for what Sporting already has, you know, we've got good options on the flanks. Um, I think the most, um, uh, most, the best use we can get out of him is probably as a striker. I don't think he's going to come straight into the first team. I think uh, Pozzello has his idea of going four-two-three-one or four-three-three. And that's the way I think he'll stick. Uh, that's what he'll stick with. So I think Diaby is probably someone who might come off the bench for someone like Bastos. You know, when when teams overcommit against us, we've got someone quick who can exploit the space on the counter attack, or maybe someone who can um, try play four four two with when we're chasing a game and whatnot. Other than that, I think he's going to be mainly a backup to Dost. Dost is the main man, isn't he? Um, he's, he's the star striker. He's the one who we, we battled so hard to bring back. Um, so I think we go 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. And that means Diaby, um, as a striker, given that we've got so many options already on the flanks, um, that means Diaby is going to, in my opinion, be a, a, a player who comes off the bench more often than not. Sounds good. Danny? I think he had to step out, but um, he said oh. he had some sort of emergency yet. Okay. So, uh, th- thank you for telling me. Nando, uh, your thoughts on how we've started the season. This is from Chip, uh, one of our followers too. Whether we can truly challenge for the Thailand and what Pozzetto needs to change in order to do so. Well, um, I'll start off with with how I think we're doing uh, to start the season. I think that uh, it's been a, uh, a pleasant first three games overall, um, two wins and a draw, the, you know, looking into the fact that we already played Benfica at their stadium and came away with a draw, seven points. Um, in terms of how we're playing, I think that we could uh, do much better. I think that the first half of Benfica game is a good um, good stepping stone, a good way to hopefully uh, see Spartan grow and, and go forward from there. 
in terms of uh, in terms of, of, of what Zeta can do and what we need or how or if we can really compete for the championship. I, I don't think we can. Um, I, I say that in ter- with uh, using my head, not my heart. I'm trying to use my head. I'm, I'm hoping this year becomes exactly like the 99-2000 championship team where everything just kind of fell into place. You you know we made some some uh, very very specific signings uh, right around Christmas. I think it was Mbappé or those kind of guys that came in and helped. I think that team needs it. I think if this team, if Zedu can keep this team afloat, what I mean afloat is like at no point any more than five points back from first place, um, preferably less than five. I'm hoping three because you got to remember we play at Porto to end the season. Um, so with that being said, if we can remain no more than three points out of the first place, there's a very good chance that we could be going into that last game of the season competing for the title against one of our competitors. Um, I think if Pizzeto keeps the team afloat till Christmas, which tends to be Sporting's um, big uh, angustia, you know, where, where Sporting just kind of falls apart and makes poor decisions or we're doing well till then. Yeah, yeah, we're doing well till then. And then we we start to stumble out the gate starting the second half of the season. I think if Zedo can keep us together till then, afloat, no more than three to five points back, I think we can go into that Christmas break really looking to maybe make a push and a more solid investment and then anything can happen. But in terms of, you know, obviously Sporting Sporting, we want to say that Sporting is always in the running to be champion. But given everything that's happened, given the turmoil surrounding everything that's happened, the election, the different mentality could be coming into place on September 8th, we very well might not even be talking about Pizzeto. We could be talking about a different coach, a different mindset, a different strategy. Um, so with that being said, my, my brain says, no, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to be competing for the title. And my heart says, obviously, yes, we will. Um, but it's very important that we make it to Christmas um, still within striking distance. Sounds good. Uh, Patrick, last, last question from, uh, from our Bruno, uh, Bruno Mendes, that today couldn't be with us. Is it time for Bruno Gaspar to be inserted into the starting 11? How would you guys rate Pizzeto's tactics? Um, it's, a tif- it's a difficult one because I think um, Rostovsky has done quite well um, at right back. I know he's not um, the most refined of defenders he's he's better going forwards than he is going backwards at times um uh but yeah i, I expect it to be really healthy between Rostovsky and Bruno Gaspar uh, who are two players that perhaps are they're quite evenly matched for each other in terms of competing for the same spot um i, I to be honest with you i think that's one area that i don't mind who who starts cuz And we know what we're going to get with Rostovsky. He's someone who works really hard um, and he's got a good attitude. Uh, and from that, you, you can only um, expect um, good things more often than not. And, and Bruno Gaspar is a defender who, at Guimarães two seasons ago, did very well. But we have to be, obviously, very cautious um, with his progression into the team because uh, Fiorentina, he didn't get um, the most minutes. Um, so to find his feet again and to, to, to feel uh, confident also um, will take a little bit of time and he is playing for a, a much bigger team um, in Portugal this time around as well. Um, so, you know, 
with time, I can certainly see uh, um competing and perhaps taking the spot uh, of right back for for himself. But for now, at least looking our our very next next game. Um, to me, um, I'm still holding on to Rostovsky. In terms of Pizzo's tactics, how would I rate it? Uh, obviously, to be honest, it's not been um, too impressive. Um, I haven't been impressed uh, by what Pizzo's been able to do. But then again, you do have to factor in how problematic um, pre-season has been, and he he is um, trying to you know drum in his his idea, his ethos um, without certain players that would perhaps facilitate that. We talk about Sporting's need for a, a, a creative midfielder from deep in the absence of William and we've only just got one now in the form of uh, Nemanja Gudeli and he's someone who, even coming into the team, he's not someone who's played um, much games of late, many games of late um, out in China. So he'll take a little bit of time to adapt and, and, and get his fitness back. So it has been um, troublesome um, for Pizzo to, to really lay out his plans. But obviously there are certain tweaks that he could do, in my opinion, like play Vendor uh, a little bit more. Jafinha, who showed how good he is against Benfica, perhaps he should have um, started one or two more games than he has done. And uh, Acuna at left-back is, is is a switch that I think would suit Sporting quite well, um, with Jefferson struggling um, in, in that position. So, um, you know... I I I I can throw a bit of sympathy Pizzo's way, but um, uh, generally I think he, he could be doing um a, a lot better than what he has done so far. Sounds good. Okay, guys. So uh, we're basically at the end of our show. Um, I'm just going to talk about um, the our modalities that we had uh, quite a few important uh, games, important finals. Uh, so from our ladies, uh, some uh, some good news. Both of our American ladies were called for their national team, the USA, uh, Caroline Baldwin and Sharon. Uh, so congrats to them. Well-deserved. They've been playing phenomenal football in the, in, uh, in the uh, ladies' squad. Um, in the uh, beach, uh, volleyball, Kibinho and Robert Reis, two of our players, they became champions of, uh, of the uh, Portuguese championship in beach volleyball, 2-1-2. Uh, our futsal team uh, won against uh, the Brazilian team Magnus Futsal 4-2, and uh, that was on Saturday. And today they won again 4-2 against Inter Movistar, which we all know they uh, uh, they won the last two championships of Spain and the two last uh, uh, champions uh, leagues of uh, futsal, uh, which we lost against them in the final. But today. We won the, the prestigious cup, Masters Cup. Uh, finally, the the first cup was won by Inter Movie Star two two years ago, and last year was Barcelona. And finally, a Portuguese team has won that cup. So it was a great game. I watched the game on TV 24. Uh, it was a phenomenal phenomenal game. We played really well. So we have a good team. Uh, I think we'll have uh, a good chance of. Uh, winning the championship of Portugal for three years in a row and again reach the final of the Champions League in futsal, of course. Uh, under 23, our team won 3-0 against Feirense. Under 19, our team won 2-0 against Maritimo. Under 15, we won 6-0 against Alverca. La- ladies Beach uh, Football, we won 6-1 against Estoril, becoming champion of Portugal. Uh, 
Uh, men's side beach uh, football, we lost 5-2 against Braga. They have a, a better team than us. Uh, they, they've won uh, for the second year in a row. And they also won the uh, European Cup for two years in a row, Braga. So uh, they got us this time. For the Super Cup of handball, we lost against uh, uh, Befica 29-24. They played better than us. They were leading from the get-go and then ne- never let go of the lead. Uh, so uh, we, we lost against them. Um, our U-17, we won away at Caldas de Reina, one uh, nothing. And basically, that's all I have for the modalities. On Monday, uh, please uh, give a listen to Sporting Sintuicenta. They have another another great guest, uh, which will be Tomás Cunha uh, from Journal Sporting. This guy bleeds and breeds Sporting. He's a great guest. Uh, tune in at 16.30 U.S. and Canada's time, uh, 9.30 p.m. in Portuguese time. So again, Sporting Sintuicenta on Monday, which is tomorrow, with the guest Tomás Cunha. On Tuesday, we're going to have a, how can I call this, a, uh, a fusion between us and a Befiquista podcast, which is Azagues. Uh, three great ladies. They know a lot about their club. We're going to team up together. We're going to have a mega podcast, Azagues with Sporting uh, 160 EN. Uh, we're going to have three Spartanguistas from our side, three Befiquistas from their side, and the mediator will be my good good friend Bruno. He's neutral, a portista, and he'll be the mediator, and he'll be controlling the show. So, again, Tuesday, tune in at 8 p.m. in the United States, uh, 1 o'clock in the morning in Europe. I'm sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. It's so late. Um, but uh, And that's it. That'll be a good one. So that's all I got t- for today. Uh, Nando, do you have anything else? No, man, I think today is just another example of, of a lot of sportingismo, a lot of uh, love for the club. And uh, like always, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. Patrick, any last words? Yeah, it's just to echo uh, Nando's words. Um, always a great experience to um, to to sh- share opinions on, on our sporting and uh, what we think is right, what we think is wrong. And uh, still lots of... Uh, important events to come in um the coming week so we look forward to that and see how see how the future pans out for our club exactly and uh talking about that the under 23 will play on tuesday against bifica so that should be an interesting game yeah. uh yeah so without without any further delays vivo sporting and vote for bundit <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, dude, sport. Any, anybody but Richard or T Rich, whatever they want to call him, man. Vivo Sport. <laughs> okay, guys. Later. Right, Peace. Have a good night. Vivo Sport.